a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Mike. Live Mike. Check one, two. With Lee Lonsberry. From Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, taxes, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. We are into the final half hour of today's program. In just a moment, we'll be speaking with the director of the Center for National Security Studies at Utah Valley University, uh, Professor Ryan Vogel will be my guest, but let me uh, just return to just a real quick theme of the last uh, few segments. Uh, You heard uh, earlier I played in its entirety the address delivered by the president last night via Twitter. It was really the first time that he acknowledged that there would be a new administration uh, assuming the responsibility of running the executive branch of government come January 20th. And at the very end, a texter pointed this out and reminded I wanted to I wanted to share some of my own thoughts on this. A texter points out that at the very end of that speech, it says uh, that this is, well, the president says, this is not the end, just the beginning. I, 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 I demand to know what he means by that. I think that given uh, the communication that he has had with supporters in recent days, I'm talking about Wednesday's rally in the lead up to the invasion of the U.S. Capitol, uh, by those violent protesters, uh, we we can't speak in code anymore, President. All right, it needs to be very clear. That was troubling for me as well, Texter. Uh, thanks for pointing that out. Uh, all right, now let, let me shift uh, pretty dramatically here, talk about some national security stuff. Uh, Professor Ryan Vogel joins me, director of the Center for National Security Studies at UVU. Uh, Professor, sir, how are you? I'm great. Glad to be here. Someone in your field, someone who spends the time studying the things that you uh, dedicate your whole day to and teaching about as you uh, look at what is transpiring in our nation, specifically in Washington, D.C., what are the things uh, that you are paying attention to most closely? Well, you're, you're right. There's a wide range of things that you know people in the national security field are looking at. The, the most immediate is how do we secure the environment right now? How do we make it safe? Uh, in Washington and at state houses across the country um, from this kind of wave of attacks and, and you know, uh, anger um, levied against uh, state and federal government. So that, that's the first thing that I think people are looking at. And then there's the longer term issues. You know, there, there's, um, you know, when we were fighting the war on terror and really focusing on how to win that war, there was uh, this kind of effort on de-radicalization. And um, I think as time goes on, we're going to have to pay closer attention to how to kind of bring people back to a place where we can agree or disagree on policy, disagree on issues, but still not treat each other as the enemy, still see each other as Americans. And that that's, I think, going to be a, a real challenge going forward. 
I understand. Uh, this morning, Speaker Pelosi uh, made passing reference to a conversation she had with the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, Mark Milley. She was asking about, you know, how can how can the nation be safeguarded? Should there be some sort of threat from within the White House? Let's say uh, now she doesn't characterize anything about the other side of that conversation. Uh, you hear something like that. Where does your mind go? Well, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs is is the principal military advisor um, to the president and the National Security Council, but he's not in the operational chain of command. So I think what I, I think what's happening there is, is they're they're trying to discuss um, what you know the the staff, what the cabinet is going to be talking to the president about, um, maybe ways of de-escalating the situation. If if she were talking about operational things, it would be a conversation with the Secretary of Defense. And that's not something that you have. Uh, uh, I haven't seen any reports of that. To, to your knowledge, any conversations like that happening? I, I have not heard that, but I'd be surprised if there weren't conversations um, with uh, with congressional leaders and leaders of the the major national security cabinets. Now, you mentioned these security cabinets. They're in other areas of government. There are individuals that are leaving their post uh, a few days early, <laughs> you know, before the right. the end of the administration before January 20th. Uh, we see r- reports of, uh, you know, Senator Lee and other senators reaching out to Robert O'Brien saying, listen, you've got to stay. Uh, you got to stay until the end. Y- is that important? What, what could happen should they not stay? It is important. Um, and I completely understand why someone would want to jump ship at this point, because um, it seems to be sinking really, really hard right now. Um, and, and even an effort to kind of dissociate yourself from what's happening right now. At the same time, I think the reason why you have people like Senator Romney, Senator Lee, uh, basically begging people to stay on is that they are more important now than ever. If, if there's going to be, you know, a steering the president in a more constructive direction, they need to be there. If there's going to be challenges uh, both internally and externally to our security, we need people there that can handle those crises. So, you know, Robert O'Brien, the national security advisor, um, you know, we have interims in a lot of these other places, acting right. uh, secretaries of defense and homeland security and justice. Um, you know, those people, I think, would be serving their country more if they stayed on board right now instead of jumping. We're speaking with Ryan Vogel, a professor at Utah Valley University and the director of the Center for National Security Studies. Uh, we are at a, a unique time in terms of national security right now. A new administration is just days away from assuming power. What are the new challenges or what are the unique challenges faced by, say, the Biden administration as they step into the circumstances of today? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, it, it's a complicated world that they're uh, coming into. And, you know, I, I was there during the uh, Bush to Obama transition um, and it's always, you know, a, a complicated time because you're trying to get the new team up to speed. Um, you've got to orient them to all the issues that are happening. I mean, it's a complicated set of issues. They've got major power competition with the Chinese. They've got a very difficult Russia to deal with. And then they've got all these other state um, issues with North Korea and Iran and Venezuela, not to mention terrorism and cyber issues. So the The challenge is really to wrap your mind around everything, get really good counsel and advice from the outgoing team, and then really just to hit the ground running um, and and not uh, not have too much of a orientation time. You know, they've got to be ready on day one to 
um, you know, to take over and, and make difficult decisions. Are our would-be would be adversaries outside of this nation looking uh, opportunistically at the circumstances playing out here in America today? Oh, of course, of course. I mean, I think the Chinese in particular, you know, the Chinese are our major competitors for, um, you know, for global influence uh, and power. And I think the, the Chinese are looking at this and, and thinking, man, it's going to be a lot easier to persuade countries that are sort of on the fence, you know, between the democratic world and the more authoritarian world that we're a more stable option. You know, we're a more um, reliable partner. And so I'm hoping that we can get through this period quickly so that we can take a, a bit of that uh, persuasiveness away from countries like the Chinese. And of course, others are just, you know, anytime the United States is distracted, uh, our enemies take advantage of it, whether it's the North Koreans building up their nuclear and missile programs, whether it's the Russians continuing their, you know, their their cyber efforts, uh, you know, terrorist groups regrouping and training and, and, you know, preparing for attacks. Anytime the United States is is, you know, focused on other distractions, we give them space to do those things. I appreciate you putting it that way. I had not considered it in those terms that the losses that we may be sustaining due to our weakness today are being uh, incurred abroad, not here on our own soil. It's the uh, it's the relationships we won't enjoy in the future. It is the strengthening of our would-be adversaries in terms of their relationships and armament. Uh, it's uh, it's scary stuff, and I, I I hope I hope that we that we overcome it and we remain uh, in the position of power we've enjoyed historically for so long. Uh, Ryan Vogel, I agree. thank you so much for your insight here. Listen, we're going to be talking more often. I've appreciated this insight uh, that you have brought here to the table as we move into this new administration. I want to hear how you are watching things. Ryan Vogel, Director of the Center for National Security Studies at UVU. Thanks again, Ryan. Thank you. All righty. We're going to take a break here. And when we return for the final segment of today's program, I want to talk to you a bit about those who have, for the past number of months, years, worked in the Trump administration. From the cabinet-level positions on down to the lowly, nameless, faceless staffers. Who will hire them come January 21st? What's their value? We'll analyze that next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.